Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brother John. Got a hell of a How day you doing? Here. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Bro, buckaroo. Bro, buckaroo. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I wanted to wear my lizard shirt again today. You oh, know, the it's season of the lizard is the season we're in right now. Yeah. I wanted to wear it, but it just wasn't. I've been wearing it too many days before that, so I said, <laughs> no, I can't do that. Yeah. 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 What, what you can do is you can just kind of put it on your chair beside you and look at it. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Why would that's, you tell me that? Because that's what a lazy bro does when he doesn't want to put it on. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that's, Ooh. of course, not me. I'm just talking no. hypothetically, of course. Yeah, of course. You're speaking of what, what T-shirt. Well, I'll tell you what T-shirt I have on. I have. I have. You're going to like this. Season of, see, the season of the bear. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. When you the do one a good with job the bear driving a car. Yeah, the car. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's very impressive. I have on. Because I just did my laundry, I have Season of the Lizard, www.bro.show, with the yeah. horned lizard on it, which happens Ooh. to be our um, sponsor. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, these little guys are, are uh, checking out. They don't have a habitat to live in. They are, they're mm. kind of a desert, uh, West Texas kind of an animal. Yeah. Arizona, New Mexico kind of thing. Right. And uh, they're, they're very clever. One of these days we're going to do some serious coverage on the horned lizard. But meantime, between time, they need our help. And if you go to the Horned Lizard site, we have the, all the stuff in the show notes. Just click on that link or just click on that T-shirt you're looking at. You can be a winner by buying the T-shirt, supporting these guys because they're nonprofit. Everybody, everybody works as a volunteer. That's what's so nice about it. They don't waste money on salaries for the head of a place and administration and all that. These guys get down to it. They roll up their sleeves and they do the work for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They lick envelopes. You know, that's the level it's on. You know, I don't think Mm -hmm. they handprint these t-shirts. I think they farm that out. But yeah, you you might want one of these. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Outsourcing is good. So anyway, that's, that's our show. That's our sponsor. And do we have four things? We have a we have a lizard story too, which is always good. Hey, you know oh, what, this, Animal Man? Yeah. Give us some yeah, beats. Like, uh, you know, where does this thing hang? How big is it? Would it make a good pet? Let's say what it is. And that kind Let's of stuff. Is. Let's say what it is. Okay, <laughs> it's a gila monster, which is a lizard. Yeah, it's a lizard and monster. That's a bad terminology to use for this critter. I think. I don't think it's fair. Let's just say that. It, yeah, it, it gives it a bad rap. Totally bad rap. And, uh, yeah, they, well, okay, let's say a few distinctive things about the Gila monster. And, and let's hold off judgment on whether it's a monster or not. Yeah, jury's still out. Jury's still but out. We're going to convince, we're going to give a convincing argument one way or another. Go for it. North America's only poisonous lizard. Mm. See, that's where it gets that name. Yeah. But these are very slow moving animals. They're right. not, they're not fast. And, you know, they don't, people think, well, poisonous. What do they think about copperhead or a water moccasin or rattlesnake? People think, right? Poisonous reptile. That's what they're thinking. And, you know, you could be forgiven for thinking that because he has one of those tongues, you know, with the forked tongue and all that stuff. So 
you know, monster, okay. Maybe, maybe it's just like a rattlesnake with four legs. That can be dangerous. No, yeah. no, no. They're slow. They're, they, they plod. You know, they don't pursue. They, they wait, chomp. And they have like grooves in their fangs for the poison to trickle down. And they kind of, kind of chew on you in order to make this work. So, and there's all kinds of mythologies around the Gila monster. Yeah. You know, and it's not a thin lizard. It's kind of chunky. And it can grow a pretty good size, you know. It's how how two big? Feet long, two, two feet. feet. Mm. Yeah. So it's not a small lizard, but uh, on the other hand, you know, they there's not really they're not bothering anybody. They're just you know taking the low hanging fruit as a predator would do. Yeah. And th- here's a good one. You ready for this? Here's a myth about the Gila monster that if it breathes on you, you're cursed. Ah. That you won't live to see the sunrise. How about that? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, but again, not you every know, animal the, has that. You know, the thing is that what I was amazed by it's like you probably the the last fatality because of this lizard is over a century ago, practically. I mean, it it doesn't right. have you know. That's so right. if you the, the biggest challenge when you get bit by this animal would be to kind of get, to unloosen its jaws so that you can get away from it. Um, and that's not likely to happen. <clears throat> not likely to happen. I mean, um, yeah, it's not, he's not a dumb guy, Mr. Gila. He's not dumb. <laughs> you know, he's not going to start chewing on something I, he can't swallow. Yeah. That's what he does. He swallows. Swallows the whole thing. So you're what? Five, six feet tall? You're not going to fit inside a Gila monster. They're only two feet long. How about so he's what does it eat? What does it eat? Other lizards. Really? So it is a carnivorous oh, yeah. critter, huh? Very much so. He's a predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snakes, you know, insects. He's not picky, whatever comes along. And you know what I noticed about this along. animal? I Of all the lizards, this is not going to win a beauty contest, too. I think that's part of the problem. It does look a little bit menacing. I mean, with that block-type head. And Blocky, yeah. Blocky. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of gives a bad appearance, but... Uh, well, what about the uh, what about uh, as much as we pretty well have indicated it's not ferocious, it's more sluggish, it's docile in a way. Would it make a yeah. good pet? No. <laughs> oh gee, I couldn't teach this thing tricks. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. If you like, if you enjoy watching another animal chew another animal. Then I think you might like it. If chewing was a spectator sport, this might be the animal to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to have a little patience because he takes a while. Chomp, wait, think. But you might Chomp. not have to feed it that much. I mean, that often. You might have to, because it sounds like it can eat and then kind of hang for a while and not need to eat. But if food's there, it'll just start chomping away. It is kind of like that. It, <laughs> reptiles, you find, very stupid question, but very serious answer. Um, yeah, what happens with reptiles is temperature, temperature, temperature. If it's warm out, they eat more because their metabolism gets higher. But uh, you, you got all the right? answers. Right? Jeez. Well, I have a few. I don't have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Where these guys hang, it gets cold. So, or they, or. They can they can crawl around under some rocks, you know. There's crevices and stuff they can hang in where it's cool, so they eat, keep their temperature low, so they don't have to do that again. Well, I'll tell you what. Based upon your your description of this 
animal, I am of the belief that it is not a monster. It's just a slug. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Chuck likes to, uh, a slug likes to chew. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're not even all that colorful. I mean, they, they vary a little bit like that. Mm. But they, you know, they got good sized claws and what have you for digging and crawling around on rocks, because there's rocks. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things about that. And if you look deal. at their teeth, their teeth are super weird too. Yeah, yeah. They got they got teeth that are made to like snake teeth. They're curved backwards, so when they bite and chew, it pushes the food back into the throat so it can swallow it. But then they've also got some front facing teeth on the inside that deliver the poison. So looks a little weird. It sounds like you've actually. Looked at one of these animals rather carefully. How close have you ever gotten to a gala monster? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did spend some time in West Texas, and they have them out there, but I did not find one in the oh, wild. Yeah. I only I've only seen them in <clears throat> captivity. Got it. Okay. I mean, when you go to the zoo, this is kind of a, this is a when I used to go to the zoo, this is the kind of animal I would say, oh, I gotta see this one. And then you go and look inside. And What's you he find it? Is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> or is he dead? You can't see yeah. him because he's not moving. Yeah, that's right. Where is the oh, monster? Well. oh, he's under a rock right now. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Can you, can you get him out? No. No, he's a gila <laughs> monster. He's resting. Well, then what happened in the zoo? You know. Yeah. That's the way that goes. Oh, those were the I mean, days. Hey, we have a word? We have a word. This word is We have is a word. And sick. You know, sick. Which this is pronounced is seek if it's like another. But, you know, these are one of these words that has more than one meaning. Well, yeah. If you say S-I-C, sick, it means commanding your animal to, to, to attack somebody. Sick them. Yes. Sick them, Rex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to talk about Rex in a minute. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but well, if yeah. you see this word, uh, for example, if you're reading a nonfiction book and you see a quote and after it says, or by a word it says sick, it actually is pronounced seek. And that right. means that it's it sort of means just in one word, so or thus, usually written parenthetically. And by parenthetically, it could be in brackets, it yep. could be in parentheses, or it could be like italicized. Yes. To, to denote that a word, phrase, passage that may appear strange or incorrect has been written intentionally that way. Uh, there are so many different ways that you can – You, I, I personally – I say be cautious with caution using the word sick if you write. Yeah. Because yeah. you can quite often find out that, well, wait a minute, the guy was right and I was wrong. Could happen. But yeah. I'll give you a good example. For example, if you put a, uh, if you put a quote that somebody said, well, Christopher Columbus discovered America in 1493 and then you put sick after it, that's an indication that could have been a typo more than likely, but you got to be real careful because you don't want to just use it gratuitously for every little typo or something that takes place. But good grammar says that what you need to do is if somebody – you quote somebody exactly. So if you quote it and you look at it and say, well, I'm going to confuse the reader, then you probably need to put sick by it, okay? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I use this one here, the enormity of cleaning up the after the tornado is hard to comprehend the word – uh, a normandy spelled with an A when it should be an E. Right. Now, this could be a person speaking. Maybe you're listening to a, a, a somebody say something and he says yeah. a normandy. And you say, well, wait a minute, what is, what is that? And then you put sick by it. 
and so that a person knows it's said incorrectly. So it can be used in terms of quotes that somebody has spoken, quotes within a book. It's kind of an academic uh, thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But if you but if you uh, if you do a lot of reading of nonfiction like I do, you run into it quite often. So yeah, yeah. That's the deal. I like your source. I like your source here, the Chicago style uh, manual of style. Yeah, famous. That, yeah, it's a famous. That is the 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 one you. If somebody says, "Well, look, I'm an editor. If you were an editor, this would have to be a part of yeah. your library, and probably it's like you want to get the most recent." manual because it's they update it every year so uh such a deal before we get off this word i've got to mention something uh we have a a friend of the show collaborator my friend sarah reichelt she lives in australia uh with a (sighs) lovely family and here's the deal she always reviews the show with me like on thursday or something and uh she's curious about what the word is and the minute i said this word uh, I said seek, and I, and she understood the reference to it. She's a schooled kind of person. And then she said, uh, I said, there's another definition of this word here. I don't know if you have it there. It's sick, as in sickum. Sickum bozo or bonzo yeah, or whatever your or, dog's name is, right? Yeah. And she said, sickum rex. She just like a reflex. I said, yeah. rex. And she goes, oh, i got to send you a link. She sent me this link to an underwear ad. <sighs> yeah. This famous oh. Australian underwear, and uh, it's it's good underwear, cotton, wool, breathes. It's called No Holes. Interesting mm-hmm. name for underwear and socks, isn't it? So yeah. the ad is this attractive, athletic-looking Australian woman uh, reclining in a bed, one knee up, wearing her athletic socks and her underwear, and uh, like a tank top or something on, and. Uh, <clears throat> well, there's this weird music playing, and there's ants crawling up her leg, Ooh. and she looks she looks oddly pleasured. And yeah, then, particularly when they get close to her underwear. Correct. And then she leans over. She turns her head to the left and leans down and says, "Sickum Rex," and she's got a spiny anteater sitting on the bed with her. Ready to go after those ants. Yeah. This is one of Very the weirdest commercials. Weirdest but, commercials. But I'll tell you, it, it's sort of an example of certain commercials just grab you. And this yeah. one was in the United States. This is the counterpart what happened in you know, Australia's got a commercial here that is very, very famous in yeah. their within their country. So all yes. Oh yeah, everyone knows Sick and Rex. Yeah, now we do too. And now our 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 audience does. Oh, we're all so privileged. (laughs) All we are saying is give peace a chance. Okay, so you ready for the two takes? Hey, two takes, yeah. Our subject is Elon Musk. Um it happened that uh maybe a month or two ago, Elon Musk was the a guest host on Saturday Night Live. And what kind of captured our interest, and not just us, but a lot of people, was the fact that he admitted on the show while hosting that he has Asperger's Syndrome. So it kind of makes you, when you think about Elon Musk, it kind of then gives you a new approach, feeling about it. It's also, why did he do that? Uh, And then you start learning a little bit about it. And I mean, I'm just going to give a few deets on Elon Musk because 
Uh, yeah, he's born uh, in 1971. He's like 50 years old to Canadian mother, South American father, divorced. Both divor- they divorced when he was nine years old. He regrettably made a decision to live with his father where, when and his father moved on to Canada. And at the age of 17, he goes to school there in Canada, but then decides that and while he's in school, he is kind of considered different, often a victim of bullying. So he's, he's, he's got a tough childhood between his father being really bad and the kids always teasing him. He, he, he didn't lead. He led a pretty tough life as a kid. Yeah. Transferred to the University of Pennsylvania, got bachelor's degrees in economics and physics, moved to California with the idea of going to Stanford, but decided, fortunately, to pursue a business career, which has been uh, it's unprecedented yeah. with respect to some of the things he's done. I think. The key to his business uh, dealings is the fact that when he was not able to to get uh, to be a, maybe a, a promoted or run a company, he was smart enough as he kind of left it, he would uh, keep the stock and make money. In addition to the fact he sold a couple of his companies, one of them he made with yeah. his brother. That was a soft web software company. The other one he co-founded, XCOM, was one of the first online banking companies, which he sold and later on became this company called PayPal. Ever hear that? Yeah, I've heard of that, John. <laughs> I get paid so, every day on PayPal. Yeah, so he ends up founding several different things. I, and the, the SpaceX is the one we hear a lot about because he manufactures and launches rockets that are not just for fun like some of the guys we know recently have done. But yeah. he's using it to make money because yep. he's got contracts in order to service the space industry with respect to space stations, making sure that they're maintained and provided supplies, etc. He's also and got astronauts. Astronauts. He's sent astronauts up to the space station. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's got this. He's, yeah. It's a private company doing this. We all know him for his electric uh, car, the Tesla. But, so he's owned that. Started that in 2004. He's a battery the company. company too. Battery company. Also yeah, for solar so, for solar uh, energy. That the idea being that you, you know, if you're going to invest in something like this, you want to control it vertically. So you get what you're needed in order to make the source of supply, uh, of power. Yeah. That's great. He's also yeah. got a boring company, which has got this tunnel machine, which he's commercially been successful with, with respect to creating underground tunnels in uh, Las Vegas. Right. When we take a look at his kind of behavior, I would say he's considered uh-huh. impulsive, outspoken, mm-hmm. abrasive. Mm-hmm. And yes. these traits have gotten him in trouble with agencies such as the SEC and proven to be problematic as his, with his relationship to his employees. Um, and his wife's. Yeah, he's been married uh, three, times, three times, and yeah. he is currently going with Grimes, which is the stage name of a, of a uh, Canadian musician. They have a child. And his previous marriages, he has five kids. So... Uh, I would say, though, on the good side, uh, not good side, but the more gentle side, he is a he's a philanthropist. He has mm-hmm. the Musk Foundation, which makes donations and contributions to hundreds of uh, organizations, scientific nonprofits, Wikipedia, etc. Wealth-wise, just like himself, it's volatile. Um, it's it's estimated to be about 150 billion dollars, and he doesn't seem to be too interested in the in, in the material aspects of wealth. He lives a rather modest lifestyle. Where does this man live? Chicapoca, Texas, oh. on the, on the <laughs> near South Padre Island. That's where uh, they recover their, their stuff that goes to sea. When they have those rockets come down, they have a barge it lands on, and those are out there in the Gulf of Mexico. Some of them. So, 
There you yeah. have in a thumbnail sketch, uh, Elon Musk. And uh, I think what we're both intrigued by is why did he bring out the fact he's got Asperger's syndrome? And is it? And then you find out that Asperger's syndrome is not a, a way you diagnose Asperger's anymore. What nope. do you? What do you? It's under. Uh, Here's the uh, deal. Give me the. Give me the deets. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, ASD, Asperger's. I mean, um, autism. Uh, is it sometimes called ASD? Uh, it, it, is it a disorder or is it just a different style of functioning of the nervous system? That's the question. And so as of 2013, you're no longer diagnosed as Asperger's syndrome, which is a really just a very high functioning or somewhat high functioning version of autism. So, uh, you know, and it's, they're all different. They call it a spectrum because the symptoms or the characteristics of people who are on this spectrum uh, really varies tremendously from very high functioning to right. uh, lower functioning where you can't look at people and, and any noise or color or lights uh, set you off. You know, they, your nervous system revolts. So there's a whole it's, it's called a spectrum because it is a spectrum. It's wide. And people don't say, well, he's autistic. They'll say, oh, he's on the spectrum somewhere so that right. they don't get labeled or pigeonholed or what have you. And, you know, People who are on the spectrum, some of them have enormous talents and uh, crazy good abilities to focus and things like this. So some employers like uh, Microsoft have been hiring, especially focused on hiring people on the spectrum, and they give them special accommodations. They need uh, Many of them need routines and have to have special lighting where, and where they work and stuff like that. So, you know, it's... They're very, very, very good workers. They love their work, and they're very focused on it. They don't get distracted. And, you know, you can't overgeneralize about it, but generally speaking, you could say that. Now, what about this guy, Mr. Musk? Why was he talking about this? I think he mentioned it to give cover for a lot of people and to also get them uh, employed because unemployment among people with uh, uh, on the spectrum is high. Unemployment is mm-hmm. high, many times higher than the average population, like 85% unemployed as opposed to 4.5% in the general neurotypical community. So new words have grown out of this, new ideas, new ways of regarding our fellow human beings has grown out of it. The word neuro gets mixed up in this a lot. Yeah, neurodivergent. Or neurotypical. Neurodiversity. Yes. And then newsletters like Neurotribes. Yeah, stuff like that. So it's kind of a like almost another style of functioning of the nervous system rather than a disorder. Uh, right. Pioneer in this area we've talked about before on another show was Temple Grandin. She's the first person right. able to communicate what it felt like to be autistic, and she wrote about it. And she is a very productive, high-functioning member of uh, society as a designer, uh, especially feedlots. She was enamored of animals as she grew up, uh, farm animals and ranch animals. So she designed uh, humane ways for them to uh, get slaughtered in slaughterhouses. And she she could do this without any emotion, you know. But, you know, what's interesting about he uses the word Asperger syndrome because I think he realizes that the word autism still has that sort of negative connotation. And I think he kind of, in that way, we know. And Asperger's is more considered on the on the high end, the end of a highly functional, 
when it yes. comes to that, that, that. So I, I do believe that's part of it. I also think that as you, if you look at it, when it comes to resources used for, you know, addressing this, this, uh, this illness, if you come, you combine them by putting them both together. So I looked and found out that they're one of the largest foundations that is studying and researching this has got the words together, Asperger's-Autism Foundation. Right. So combining right. and collecting the resources together gives you just more economic power to address issues as it relates to this. So I got like employment and yeah. And it, yeah. Well, what they say is, you know, there's a high number of people on the spectrum who've never, never had a job, but there's, yeah. uh, there's also a number that's <laughs> even a little higher, which people get a job, but they can't keep it. It's almost like you have to train the employer. Well, yeah. That's 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 part of the training. Yeah. It isn't, you know, because you you don't realize there's you can re- reap a significant benefit by employing these people if you understand how to treat them and and how you can yeah. use them. So yes, yes, and how they can use you. You know, they need exactly. Help. Yeah, like everybody does. You know, hey, we all do. In fact, there's there's yeah. we all have different things we do. If we could take a look at them and say, well, there's there's a piece of autism in every one of us. Every single one of us, absolutely. Yeah, as I as I as I go out the door, and I uh, three or four times have to check to see if I have my wallet and keys. Right, oh. right, with <laughs> repetitive gestures. Yes, 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 yeah. Or you know, like a, a disorder, like a personification, let's say, where someone yeah. feels like his books are people. Would that be John? Yeah, that that could. Yeah, I've heard of that. I I've got a few friends here in my in my condo. By the way, about John, three thousand of them. That's, yeah, you got three thousand friends you're living with. Well, yeah, well, that's a whole other story we could talk about. And it'll get us into book inches. We better not talk about <laughs> book that. Book inches. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Right. Groaners? Hey, how about a couple of groaners? Our groaners are supplied to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. St. Vincent is delivering as usual. So let's dive right in and do a couple of groaners. Number one, what rabbit works in the operating room what rabbit works in the operating room i don't know but he's probably hairbrained yeah <laughs> the ether bunny oh oh that's excellent <laughs> that's excellent here here's one that's going to that's going to require you to use your math skills okay so be ready ready what do you call 10,000 scuba divers in the ocean. Oh, 10,000 scuba divers in the ocean. I'm going to pass on this one. What is it? 20,000 legs under the sea. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, you got two of them today. Those are really good. 